From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WisPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R., good to talk to you again. You too. Okay, so both GOP-controlled houses of the legislature passed a bill along party lines to call on Democratic Governor Tony Evers to order a special election for Secretary of State after Evers appointed former state treasurer and U.S. Senate candidate Sarah Godlewski to the post. Why are Republicans pushing that resolution? Well, they want to make some noise about how this all transpired because they, they have some suspicions. Now, back up a little bit. Uh, Doug LaFollette had been Secretary of State since 1975, within a four-year period. Uh, he suddenly sent Governor Tony Evers a letter saying that he was tired of running that office without the resources and staff needed to make it successful in his mind and to take care of his personal needs. Now, it's kind of interesting because that's been the case for a long time. I mean, the office has been stripped of powers over the last 50 years. Go back to the mid-90s, there were call them full-time equivalent employees, about 50 full-time equivalent employees in the office back in 1994. The next budget dropped it to about six. He was down to one the last several years. In 2015, Republicans moved the office from a private building across here from the Capitol to the Capitol basement. So this was nothing new. So Republicans have their suspicions, right? Now, the thing is, if you know Doug LaFollette, he's not had a reputation as a you know political maneuverer behind the scenes or somebody who would kind of go to Governor Evers in spring of last year and say, look, I'll run one more time because of my name ID, get elected, and then I'm going to step down. You can appoint somebody else. So I don't know if people in, the, in Capitol think there was some kind of conspiracy here, but Republicans are, uh, you know, questioning what went on, why it happened this way, those kinds of things. What's interesting is for Galuski, how she uses office now. Um, remember, she was state treasurer, uh, won that office in 2018, didn't seek re-election in 2022 to run for U.S. Senate, uh, dropped out of that primary uh, when it was clear Andela Barnes was going to win. So now she's back in the conversation about the future, and that future is dependent upon what does Governor Evers do in 2026. Now, the governor's in his 70s. We've asked him, are you going to run for re-election again? He said that decision will come way down the road. But I think most people aren't expecting him to run for a third term. So... Sarah Galuski, as, state, as Secretary of State now, is in the mix for that pool of people who might run in 2026, along with Attorney General Josh Call, along with Lieutenant Governor Sarah Rodriguez and other you know, members of the Dem community and the state. The question really is for her, how is she going to use this office? There isn't a whole lot that it does anymore, very few responsibilities. Is she somebody who uses it just to advance her own cause? That might not sit well with voters, but if she can find a way to really highlight some issues, be a spokesperson for issues that people in Wisconsin care about, it could be a way to elevate her profile and keep in that conversation ahead of that election in 2026. You know, you also have heard the argument that she may have been better off to stay in the private sector, make a mark there. She's had a pact that she created after dropping on the Senate race to help other candidates, you know, just focus on that. The private sector, she'd maybe been just as well off. But Galuski also has a reputation as somebody who wants to serve and do things and, and be involved. Remember, she got her law, really the start of her career as a state treasurer by leading the effort to defend that office that Republicans wanted to eliminate it. There was a constitutional amendment to eliminate the office. It went to a referendum and people rejected it. So 
you know, this could be an interesting opportunity for her. There's some definitely some upside if she does it the right way, but there's also some possible pitfalls if she does not kind of maneuver the correct way over the next several years. And what about the Secretary of State position itself? In some states, it's a very important position that basically controls elections in Wisconsin. Like you said, it's been gutted. What What is the potential future of that role of that office? What is it currently doing in Wisconsin, and what could it have access to in the future? You know, it doesn't do a whole lot. Republicans have talked about possibly, you know, looking at a way to incorporate it into election administration in Wisconsin if they won. There was no way Republicans were going to you know, allow Doug LaFala to see the table in terms of election administration. But if, you know, he had lost that race to Amy Loudenbeck, who's a Republican state lawmaker, a former Republican state lawmaker, you might have seen efforts to add that office to election administration. That didn't happen. Uh, it's not going to happen now, especially Galuski in there. So uh, I really don't know what they're going to do with that office because it's just been treading water for a long time. And Republicans are definitely not going to want to give that office more responsibility, knowing that the more you give it, the higher you can raise Galusi's profile between now and 2026. Interesting. Okay. Well, also last week, Friday, the GOP-led State Building Commission rejected Democratic Governor Tony Evers' $3.8 billion capital budget proposal. My first question is, can you explain a capital budget proposal in layman's terms and why the average Wisconsinite should care about it? Sure. Um, your executive budget includes state aid to schools your tax policy, the money being spent on the Medicaid program, right? I mean, basically most of the services part of what we do in state government. The capital budget is just the buildings that we build, the, the work that we do on those, maintenance for those buildings, projects. So it's separate. You do have money from the executive budget that's used to pay for bonds to basically borrowing the money to build those buildings. But the capital budget is really a list of building projects that the governor wants to do. And this process plays out every two years. Uh, governors will release their executive budget with those, you know, school aids, those kinds of things, and then follow that with a capital budget that deals with building projects. Evers is proposed a $3.8 billion capital budget. That is more than a billion more than the last two that he proposed in 2021 and 2019. Part of why it's so big is we have so much cash. Um, usually you pay for projects in state government with bonds. You know, you borrow money basically over a 20-year period and pay off the bonds uh, to pay off the project. Here the governor's arguing we have so much cash because of this projected surplus end of this fiscal year, June 30th, that we should pay for about $2 billion of that in cash. Uh, it's an interesting argument because it would save you money long-term in terms of interest payments, but you'd also be using a lot of that cash you have available right now in the surplus for other things. So right now... The building commission met, considered the governor's capital budget, and basically deadlocked. There are four Republican lawmakers on there. There are two Democratic lawmakers. There is the governor and an appointee of the governor. They deadlocked 4-4. All that happens is it now goes to Joint Finance Committee, which is the legislature's budget committee, and they're going to incorporate it in the overall budget down the road, but they will figure out how much they want to pare it back what Evers has proposed. Okay, so what are the big buildings that people in Wisconsin should care about that Evers is proposing? Is the uh, Brewers Stadium considered one of those things? No, that's actually separate. Um, the stuff, I mean, it runs the gamut from, for example, we have a juvenile justice system that right now has a boys' prison and girls' prison in Wisconsin, Lincoln Hills and Copper Lake. They've been troubled for a long time. 
There's been an effort to close them and build a new prison for youth, type one facility we call for the, the most serious offenders in Milwaukee. That capital budget includes more money because of the cost of that project. Also, it proposes building a second type one facility in Dane County and citing a third up in the, I think the Fox Valley region that goes with the gamut from that to building projects on the University of Wisconsin system campuses to the cream puff facility at State Fair Park. That, you know, there's um, a desire to update that building. There was $6 million approved, I think, in the last capital budget. They now want to double the size of the, of the, the work to like some like $12.5 million. There's more money in there proposed to help with the, the cream puff pavilion at State Fair Park. It just, it covers everything. It includes maintenance too. Remember, when you have a lot of buildings, you have maintenance costs. These things as they get older, and you be maintained. So that's also built in the capital budget. Well, maybe if Evers would give the Republican lawmakers cream puffs, they might agree to his <laughs> Actually, <provisions. laughs> during, the, during the meeting, uh, one member advocated, like, let's, let's support cream puffs. And Rob Swearingen, a Republican frontliner, said, I love cream puffs, but no. Uh, we're not going to vote for this now. <laughs> yeah, Republicans want to get the thing in their hands and do it their way. And that's the way it works the budget period. They want to take it and rework it to their liking and see, okay, how far can we go and still get governors to sign this thing when it's all said and done? It's all political. Uh, everything's political in the Capitol. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so moving on to other things that happened in the legislature last week, there were floor sessions in both the state Senate and Assembly. One of the bills my colleague Chuck Kornbach reported on. It's an attempt by legislative Republicans to block the state mental health licensing board's ban on conversion therapy. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what happened with that and the politics behind that? So we have laws in the state and we have rules. Laws are what they are, right? Statutes. They lay down the legislature approved X, Y, and Z. The governor signed it into law. That's now a statute. Agencies can propose rules. Rules use uh, authority granted to them by the legislature to kind of implement things or to define things. This one agency oversees therapists. It proposed a rule to block conversion therapy. The legislature has the power to suspend those kinds of rules. When you do that, you have to introduce a bill to uphold the suspension. You then have two options. You can pass the bill through both houses, send it to the governor, and hope the governor signs it, or you can introduce a bill and send it to committee. Republicans knew if they sent that bill, like passed both houses and sent it to Evers, he'd veto it, right? Because it's his, his administration's proposal, his rule. So they weren't going to do that. They instead use a procedural move where you put the bill in the calendar of both houses. You then send it to committee. It sits in committee the rest of the session. And then once the regular floor period ends, which is in April of 2024, that bill dies. Once the bill dies, the rule can go back into effect but you've suspended it until then. This is the second time they've done this. It also happened last session. Same thing. It was suspended until the regular floor period ended. That period you know, concluded. The bill went away. And then Evers and his administration went back to work on that rule to put it back into place. We're in the same position we were last session. Now it's suspended until at least April of 2024. Then once that bill dies and the session ends, Evers can go back and put that rule back in place or begin the process putting it back in place. And what about any other anti-LGBTQ legislation in Wisconsin? It's been around this around the country. We've been hearing about, you know, anti-trans legislation, 
barring trans athletes in in school sports, requiring schools to to notify parents about pronouns, things like that. What's happening with anti-LGBTQ legislation in Wisconsin? Not much. It's all because of Evers. I mean, there were bills that moved last session on things like banning transgender athletes. Um, Passed the Assembly, didn't get through the Senate. They're not being reintroduced because Republicans know, look, if we pass this bill, Evers is going to you know, he's just going to veto it. So it may be reintroduced at some point, but people know as long as Evers is in office, those bills aren't going to become law. And there's a sense among Republicans, why why go through the process, have the fight, when it's not going to become law. So we'll see, you know, they still might introduce some stuff as the session goes along, but right now they focus on the budget and things that they might actually get done rather than stuff they know is going to get vetoed. Again, thanks for shedding light on all this, JR, and thank you for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was JR Ross of WizPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.